name is Rich Schmidt. I'm here with Sam Para. We're in Amity. It's June 25th, 2020. Sam, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah. Uh, first question, most important question, why wine? Uh, yeah, thank you for meeting me here this morning. Uh, why wine? Uh, for myself, um, it came very natural. Um, I was born and raised in St. Helena, California, a very small town right in the smack middle of Napa County. Uh, some like to say Napa Valley. <laughs> um, but uh, my whole family has been involved uh, in the wine industry uh, for years. Um, started out with uh, my grandfather, uh, Manuel Martinez. Uh, he's from uh, the state of Jalisco, Mexico. Uh, he came out to work in Napa uh, through uh, his brother-in-law. Uh, was already here in the U.S. Uh, working uh, in Napa. Uh, so my, my grandmother stayed uh, in Mexico, in Jalisco, while my grandfather, through a work visa, uh, came out with uh, the, uh, the oldest of my uncles. Uh, in uh, Napa County, uh, definitely had uh, fame, uh, vineyards already at that time, but um, there was a lot more options of work uh, as far as um, orchards of walnuts and dates and figs. Uh, there's also quite a bit of uh, chicken ranches throughout the county. Uh, maybe, they, maybe they influence the soil a little bit at some places. Um, but that trickled down, uh, that went on to the next generation of uh, my uncles. Um, uh, the whole family is five aunts and five uncles, uh, I believe, with great-grandchildren. Uh, we're a family of 57, I believe. Uh, but uh, thank God, um, yeah, my grandfather just turned uh, 95. And, um, and my, my grandmother, uh, this is on my maternal side, uh, they are still alive, uh, living in Napa. Mm -hmm. um, and most of my family members were in agriculture but uh, then from the next generation it trickled uh, down to different trades i do have an uncle uh, big shout out to my uncle jerry martinez uh, he has his own label vinos unidos and um, they're at a, they're at a really good number right now they're at um, 800 cases uh, they just signed a lease and an actual vineyard property and winemaking facility. Um, but everything, uh, the whole family being involved in the industry, ranging in the past from uh, one being a project manager as, a, as an IT mm -hmm. for wineries, uh, ranging all the way to uh, seller production members. Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a large part of, of my life mm -hmm. uh, where uh, my family shared wine uh, responsibly uh, they they would share some wine during family gatherings mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they made sure to talk about the wine uh, not make it seem uh, as a taboo which uh, as I got older and, and then later on my trips uh, to Europe more for my wine passion uh, again I, I then I realized how lucky I was as you get older where where you grow up mm -hmm. And, and how wine is such a big culture there where 
I was one of the lucky ones throughout the U.S. to to uh, to be enjoying uh, Opus One on a random uh, Tuesday evening, uh, for example. Uh, uh, that that is not really the case for many. Um, but anyways, that's that's my that's my wine connection background. Uh, right from right from birth, you can say, mm -hmm. and it ha also has a connection with uh, with my with my name and my, my branding, which I can talk about to you later. Sure. As sure. So let's talk about uh, you, you grew up in the industry. Uh, did, was it something you always wanted to get into? Did you have other other plans, or was this kind of what you always wanted to do? I was at Santa Rosa College in Sonoma County for a year and a half, uh, taking administration of justice. Uh, which I really enjoyed the classes, uh, not so much on general ed uh, classes as far as math and English. I would just end up dropping the classes because at the time, uh, fresh out of high school, I was, I was enjoying the city of Santa Rosa more than Santa Rosa College. Um, and, and growing up in a small town, uh, big shout out to class of 1996, St. Helena High, all 110 of us that maybe graduated. Uh, but um, going into a bigger city right next to small little St. Helena was a bit more of a distraction to me um, where I was not really focused on educational go goals at, this, at that time. So um, I worked at a, at a specialty high-end grocery market out of high school um, and as uh, two years went by and uh, a friend of mine uh, came, uh, came back to visit uh, Napa County. She was away for college in Santa Barbara. Um, her father founded a winery in the late 70s in the Stagsleep District area of Napa. And he actually happened to, to come to Oregon and he founded a winery up here in the Dundee Hills in the early 90s as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, just uh, my friend, Coming back to visit, uh, she would she would stop by this uh, grocery store, and um, this winery had just hosted the Napa Valley Wine Auction the year before, mm -hmm. so they actually got really busy with uh, special events uh, department, and um, she asked if how things were going at um, at this family run uh, great store. Uh, that with my current employer mm -hmm. uh, and so I did express interest on her offer to go see what the winery business was about uh, I was actually 20 years of age uh, started out part-time because I kept the other job as a backup in case if I did not like the the winery industry but at, at 20 years of age um, in a Napa in a busy area mm -hmm. they did keep me busy as far as uh, packing wine for ship orders uh, setting up tables and chairs for events uh, cleaning stemware anything but not to touch alcohol or a wine key or uh, make a transaction mm -hmm. but six months into that job I did turn 21 and I, I did enjoy the industry since I already enjoyed wine previous to being 21. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you get, you, you get your kind of first step into the industry at that point. Uh, <clears throat> what kept you going? What, what was it you liked mm -hmm. about it? And then kind of what were your next steps? No, of course. Um, so through my first employer, 
um, I came to visit Oregon in 2000. So uh, they would bring us to be uh, staff support for events mm -hmm. for here in Oregon, being so famous for Memorial Day weekend, Thanksgiving mm -hmm. uh, weekend. Mm -hmm. So we would drive once a year and they would fly us once a year. So that felt very special in a way, just being uh, 21 of age, uh, flying in this uh, nice little Cessna out of Angwin, California and flying to the little small airport in McMinnville um, and then flying in with uh, the owner, which was just a great character, like like a plump jack, like a bigger than life uh, <laughs> character where where he can do as as he pleases in, in a way. And um, and he wants to sh uh, show everybody a good time as far as the entertainment uh, factor for for business. So, um, yeah, you know, the, the industry, as far as the hospitality and sales, uh, really uh, caught my attention then. And I did learn a lot from, from mentors from my, my first employer um, as far as uh, wine education, uh, sales, um, as far as just the storytelling of the business. Mm -hmm. I feel that I had a lot, of, again, a lot of great mentors uh, starting out. Um, at, at my first employer in, um, in Napa. So then I returned uh, to school at a part-time basis in Napa Valley College and um, just taking a general ed and eventually taking prereqs in order to uh, transfer to Sonoma State. Um, and once I transferred to Sonoma State, uh, that is, uh, that's a job itself, so um, uh, dynamics at the winery due to a divorce with my first employer were changing and it really affected the whole company as far as who was taking sides of who. <laughs> so I felt the time, it was good timing to go, just go work part time at, at a winery, mm -hmm. which was uh, still another uh, friend uh, growing up and this winery is in Rutherford. so. Uh, Went to go work for them part-time on the weekend while I was at Sonoma State. Mm -hmm. um, and two years later, I, I was a bit too late for the program, but Sonoma State actually has a great wine business program, um, which again, later developed. Mm -hmm. but. So after, after, after you left Sonoma State, uh, what, what did you want to do? Like with the, with the degree, what was your next, what was your next goal? What was your next step? No, of course. So, um, uh, after Sonoma State, uh, you can say I got my, my dream job with uh, this, uh, a family that owns uh, many wineries. Mm -hmm. um, uh, this, um, they happens to be uh, Kendall Jackson mm -hmm. uh, and one brand that they have, a, a really high-end brand in Napa named Cardinal. And they also allocated uh, La Coya. So uh, Kendall Jackson is a great family to work for. Uh, the benefits are great. Um, and I learned a lot about the mailing list model, uh, how, uh, how that works. And, and that's actually the type of business that I want to run for my wine brand as well. Um, so. It was a great experience with them, but um, I actually miss Sonoma County. Uh, being a native of Napa Valley, it, it was such a small county where I, I was just over, over it as far as being in the area. Mm -hmm. And 
at the time I, f I found a bit more life and things to do in Sonoma County mm -hmm. where you can actually go on a Tuesday in the town of Sonoma and find live music along with the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. Or you can go out to Windsor on a Wednesday in the town green and there is another free concert where the weekend comes around and you just want to stay home because you've been out so much <laughs> during the week enjoying all this great free music and entertainment mm -hmm. where Napa now has the, the live music in, in the evening hours, um, maybe sometimes coordinated with a farmer's market, mm -hmm. but during the time it was still a very sleepy area as far as nightlife. So for, for my age, I just found uh, more things to do in Sonoma County. Mm -hmm. So I applied um, at one of my favorite producers uh, within Sonoma County. I wanted to work for the best. Um, and this is an another place that actually runs through the mailing list program mm -hmm. and has the cult status for Sonoma County. And that is uh, Rocchioli Winery in Healdsburg. Um, Joe Rocchioli Jr. was among the first to plant Pinot Noir in Russian River area. And back then, even some individuals were laughing at them because it was dominated by Olvine Zinvendel. And um, there was, they, they didn't see the potential of Pinot Noir and Russian River back then. Mm -hmm. So what was the, what was the job you, you had there? What was it, the job you applied for at, at, uh, at Ro Rocchioli? It was hospitality, sales and hospitality. Okay. So tell me about learning that, that side of the business. What was it about it that appealed to you? About sales and hospitality. Uh, as far as sales and hospitality, um, as far as it, it fits really well in my career, I'm just um, a very outgoing person. I can connect with uh, many individuals in different levels. Um, I feel with uh, sales, it's about building ro long relationships. Uh, it's about having a, a clear, direct message for as far as uh, the branding that you want to build for your company. Um, and also the hospitality side, it's more of a, I feel that it's a good fit for myself, uh, for my zodiac sign, uh, being a cancer and it's, uh, it's my birthday this coming Sunday. Uh, but, um, for, for cancers, um, uh, a, a, a trait for work is actually making people feel good. Uh, so I, I, I take a lot of pride as far as, a hospitality side where I, I could be having a really bad day, but as far as when you go to work, you kind of just set that aside and you get down to business, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. you, you cannot let your personal feelings get in the way of the work that you are providing that day. So um, I feel with many of my past employers, um, Hopefully most of them can agree, but I always set my best foot forward mm -hmm. as far as the, the work that I do. Mm -hmm. So you, f you found, uh, we found work at this, at this place that you really wanted to be uh, in Sonoma. Yes. Tell us what happens next. Uh, what happens next is uh, more of the, the high cost living in the Bay Area where I did really enjoy uh, work uh, directly for a winery. But uh, having a background in business and marketing, um, you just find uh, better paying jobs in general and, and uh, sales related. Mm -hmm. And that, that's not uh, wine directed, uh, directly coordinated with wine, but 
uh, for sales in general, where it comes naturally to me, but it's best now what I'm doing when I combine sales and something that I'm passionate for as far as wine, mm -hmm. that is the great combination for myself, what I'm doing now in Oregon. So what point, do you, what point did you come back to Oregon? Um, so uh, my wife and myself, uh, we moved in the summer of 2016. Now, I've been visiting Oregon since 2000, uh, even though um, I did leave my first employer that I had travels through Oregon. Um, I always came back to visit actually, just um, uh, this place reminds me a lot of Mendocino County. Uh, things are a bit more spread out. It's um, the vineyards have not taken over yet. Being such a large area, it's great to have uh, the grass seed companies, the filberts, um, of course, uh, one industry now disappearing is cherries, mm -hmm. uh, now being taken over by, by beautiful vineyards. <laughs> but it's, um, it's a lot more spread out here, which I really enjoy. It's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful counties to drive through. I, I live in Polk County. I make my wine and I work personally in Yamhill County. But um, what brought us to Oregon was my, uh, my, my in-laws moved to retire in Buena Vista, mm -hmm. just south of Independence. Mm -hmm. uh, my sister-in-law made a move out here as well. Uh, my wife has only one sibling. Uh, she does have a very large family, but it was, it was time to exit California and come out to Oregon um, where they accept dreamers, right? <laughs> and um, I'm definitely a dreamer and uh, my goals are gonna become a reality uh, next week. So we'll talk about that in a second because I'm excited to talk about that. But before that, <laughs> let's talk about when you when you got here. Um, what did you? What were your kind of goals for being in Oregon? What did you want to do first? And, and take us kind of along the places you've you've been here in Oregon so far. No, of course. Um, so moving out to Oregon um, first was um, the goal of home ownership. Uh, just as an adult, uh, as many adults want to as, uh, have accomplished that goal in, in life. Um, even when we moved out here, uh, we did lease a place in Newburgh for a year. At that point, we were already looking to, um, at, at properties to buy out here. Um, and I also found a job fairly quickly, I mean, with, with a great property that had ties to my very first job in Napa County as well but that also gave me flexibility with their permission for me to uh, seek out extra work at wineries not sales related it was uh, labor work mm -hmm. and from winter of 2007 uh, that's when uh, I got really serious as far as opening a separate bank account uh, start savings um, for for my goals mm -hmm. um, and even at, at that point, we, we knew that we were gonna stay in, in Oregon. Mm -hmm. It was just not a move to try it out. We, we, we moved out here to settle roots. So at what point along the way did, did making wine and, and having your own brand become the dream? No, of course. Um, so uh, for the, the making side, I've always made wine with friends and family back in California. 
Uh, but now with Oregon, and I really want to express this message for for others that have the goal to start your own brand. Um, I'm about to turn 43 uh, next week, but when I go for to do general labor at other wineries, and a lot of them, a lot of the general labor happens to be bottling. Uh, you meet a lot of interns from out of state that move out here with the same dream. And, and I say, uh, yes, you know, make that dream a reality. Just uh, make some plans, uh, network out here. It's, um, it's a very friendly environment as far as having the mentality of helping out a neighbor. Mm -hmm. uh, there's other parts in the world that I've seen, and even back in California, and it was a bit more noticeable in France where once you get to a certain level of, of certain hierarchy is, um, for, for certain businesses, uh, the, the, secret, the secrets do not go out of certain properties as way uh, of a famous chef, right? Not providing his, his, uh, his uh, full-on recipes. Um, so my, my dream came true last year uh, I had an opportunity for a one-year contract at a co-op uh, to start making wine and I've also been, been in touch prior to um, an owner of Zenith Vineyard which I consider one of the Grand Cru vineyards out here uh, in the whole state of Oregon as well so um, it was really good timing as far as being financially ready uh, having the flexibility of time to, to invest and in in not just uh, financially invest, but commit uh, timing to make the wine uh, through a consultant winemaker. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's how it started for me last year. And I believe you're gonna show a clip or pictures later mm -hmm. where I'm making my move this year and, and the jump, uh, the growth will actually be a bit large from what I started. Uh, due to uh, COVID, uh, there's going to be uh, an open market. There's going to be many contracts out there for varietals uh, such as Syrah or Viognier, uh, where most of the time folks want to, growers want to sell you uh, Pinot Gris uh, and uh, Pinot Noir, which, um, which is fine. Uh, but for myself, starting out a new company, I have to start producing and start out selling something different. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's too much Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir in the market right now. It's flooded throughout the whole state of Oregon. So I have to start different. And so you're, you're making your first bottling next week of your very first, very first uh, label, very first production. Uh, tell us as you went to find um, Kind of talk about the logistics of starting a brand. We talked a little bit off camera about kind of the copyright issues of, of, of protecting yourself. Uh, coming up with a name, deciding what you wanted to make, deciding where you wanted to get the grapes from, deciding where you were going to make it. Tell me about the kind of the steps you took to, to start Para Wine Company. No, of course. So uh, this has always been plans of mine in California, but it's, uh, it's a bit more flexible in Oregon, uh, just having the lower cost of living. Um, and I definitely had to do some research for a trademark. Uh, my last name is Parra. In uh, certain parts of Spain and Portugal, Parra means vine, uh, where many other parts of uh, Spanish-speaking Spanish areas 
also known as Vinya or Vinyas. Um, so I've always had this goal in mind back in California, but the, the dream came true here in Oregon. Um, so as far as the, the grower side, um, it, it was through uh, a posting they had on the, on the production industry page mm -hmm. uh, where they had Tempranillo for sale. And I did follow up with Zenith Vineyard very quick and uh, told them that where I was making the wine, the consultant winemaker has had a long relationship with him mm -hmm. where the contract came fairly easy but I do want to tell the story of how classy they were about things as well because later I found that a wine, another winery reached out to him the same day. Uh, they wanted to buy everything that was announced for sale. And for, for myself, um, I felt that was a very classy move of Zenith Vineyard. If they could have just waited till the end of the day, maybe check their emails. Uh, for me, it's uh, maybe why, why give somebody just starting out a chance where you have an established winery that is willing to buy all of it uh, in one transaction where I thought it was very classy of them to reach out and say, we want to give somebody new a chance. We grow very little Tempranillo so um, I thought that was great of Zenith uh, and again very classy where um, I am buying more from them and I told them as soon as I save enough they will be the first that I'm going to buy Pinot Noir from. So you have uh, you have your grapes and you have a consulting winemaker. Tell me about what you, oh go ahead. Oh, uh, uh, not here, we'll edit that. Um, and then also on, on the production side um, a quick story my consultant winemaker happened to be the first full-time cellar master at the the Oregon property that I visited in 2000. He was just about to actually leave them uh, to pursue another job and and he was planning to start his own label at the time. So this is going back to building relationships and networking and just meeting good people out here where you know, I, I met him very, very brief in 2000, and he happened to visit my, my first employer here in Oregon in December of 2016. I had just moved to the area that year. He was entertaining some friends from out of state, and I happened to be the one to host them. And, and I told him, I'm like, I, I, I reflected back to the year that he left, and I'm like, yes, I, I worked for for the company in California mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and knowing all the all the employers that were intact at that winery in the Dundee Hills at that time uh, again we made the connection really well and uh, he was actually the first uh, to provide me extra work uh, in the winter of 2017 when I decided to ask my employer at this time if I can pursue extra work mm -hmm. in order to generate income for um, for my future project. Um, so this is, um, again, somebody that I've met 20 years ago. I, don't, I didn't have a relationship with him for 20 years, but uh, more of a, how small the wine business can be. <laughs>
so as you're as you're making your first wine, as you have this Tempranillo from, like you say, a, a vineyard that's very highly regarded, uh, what were you setting out to do with your first wine? What, what did you want your Tempranillo to be? What was your winemaking philosophy? Uh, so um, I I wanted the Tempranillo to have the true expression of a single vineyard, and also to embrace a vintage as it comes. La uh, 2019. The big challenging part, the big surprise we had of rain um, happening in October and the grapes are still hanging outside. Um, so I do have to express this, um, this will not be the Tempranillo that I've enjoyed in California and in Spain as, as far as the bigger structure. Um, but as far as embracing the vintage and for winemaking, you have to embrace again the vintage and what is thrown at you. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel that's when uh, a quote that comes in in the industry where really the 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 challenges thrown out there of a vintage uh, really res uh, are the results of of true winemaking. Mm -hmm. How quickly you adjust to that vintage. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, yes, uh, the the wine is made. It's a healthy wine. Uh, if, if you're a big fan of uh, Trousseau Noir or Pinot Noir, it's going to be more of a, of a body, of a texture, of a medium style red wine. Um, and another challenge I, I had uh, with, for my goals um, is not aging the wine long enough uh, for the first year being that I only had a year contract with this company in McMinnville. Mm. So that will not be the case at the new co-op that I will be. Uh, I actually plan to make a Tempranillo three-way uh, this coming vintage. It will be rosé, a carbonic style, something to come out quick, something fun, something in a screw cap in the affordable range, mm -hmm. and then one that's going to age uh, for at least 18 months. Mm So in, a, in addition to, to that, you've also been, uh, obviously, uh, you've been w involved in IEVOI, a uh, new nonprofit here in, in, in Oregon, and I should at this point disclose that I'm also on the board of IEVOI along with you. Um, tell me about how you discovered it and, and what, why it was important to you to become part of, of the organization. No, of course. Um, so I first, uh, I've met his, um, Jesus Guillen, may he rest in peace, uh, through previous travels in Oregon. Uh, to me, it was always an honor to take my guest to White Rose, uh, having the, the only um, Mexican uh, winemaker uh, in the whole valley. Uh, I mean, he was not the only uh, Latino in the whole valley, but uh, just a combination of uh, his brother, uh, Dago, which is on the hospitality side. Mm -hmm. It was always great to see him, but it was always a treat when Jesus would come out and, and talk to guests, mm -hmm. which he often did. Um, and so I first met Miguel Lopez and Sofia Torres McKay through a fundraiser in McMinnville in the spring of 2017. So I happened to be volunteering for uh, this fundraiser as far as being in charge of the silent wine auction. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then also uh, the director of the fundraiser uh, happens to be going by the table where uh, Jesus, Sofia, and Miguel were sitting at 
and he he made a quick uh, introduction uh, introduction to with Miguel and Sofia. Um, I soon visited Sofia over at Cremosi uh, to taste her wine, and then uh, Jesus Guillen visited me uh, soon after that fundraiser in June of 2017 uh, he came to visit me at my at my employer in the Dundee Hills and um, he heard about the work also that I did with Salud mm -hmm. uh, I feel at during that time they wanted to get a team together so it was a, a, a great honor uh, how they felt as far as the work that I um, did through volunteering with Salud through the Northwest uh, Lutheran Community uh, Services. Um, so it, it, was, it was a great honor to hear from Jesus himself that they were gonna start to organize uh, a Latino alliance uh, and to start organizing meetings which you have been a part of from the beginning as well. Uh, and we definitely did not have the name of Aivoy set at this time and the meetings were very small, but they were very meaningful mm -hmm. at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, especially to me, uh, just having such a, a large background in agriculture through, through my family. Mm -hmm. And my grandfather leaving Mexico at such a young age and him pursuing his dreams. And that became a reality in California uh, where, where I want to help some for them to um, to meet their dreams out here as well. So as the as as Ayavoy became obviously Jesus passed away, Ayavoy started to take shape and, and take a name that he, <clears throat> that he had suggested. Um, what 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 did you understand the kind of the goal of the organization to be, and what did you understand your role in that to be? No, of course. Uh, so uh, with Ayavoy, our goal in a great partnership with Shemekata is to seek out sponsorship for Latino vineyard workers to pursue higher learning. Mm -hmm. um, this is going to benefit some that want to continue on the viticulture side because some may not express interest on what happens when the grapes are delivered at the winery and what happens afterwards in the winemaking. But there's many that actually do express interest. So now it's great to have an organization there to mentor and support uh, Latino vineyard stewards. Um, and my role from the beginning has been a donation coordinator uh, and also uh, working really close uh, with Sofia Torres McKay and uh, Diana Ornelas um, to seek out sponsorships and, and fundraising efforts. Um, I feel with my sales background, um, that was a natural fit as far as the follow-up factor. Um, many, many donations do not just take place with one simple email. Uh, you might know the person you're sending the email to and you, you do have uh, that, that connection with them, but you, you do not know that person being flooded with 500 emails per day. So I, I feel that myself being uh, very natural at following up and uh, building relationships uh, came very natural fit 
um, and and they gave me um, the title of co-chair uh, of, of IEVOI and I look forward to the future of the growth of IEVOI. Uh, it's definitely a bump in the road right now with COVID, uh, not just for us, but many other nonprofits and, and industries in general, and including my, my release as well of how COVID will affect me this summer, but um, I still have to move forward and come up with, um, I'm sorry, um, I have to move forward and, and continue to grow my plan B and develop my plan C and beyond. <laughs> you talked about uh, meeting Jesus and, and him being the only, the only Mexican winemaker in the valley at that time. Uh, that's clearly changing and that's something that Ivoy is, is striving to, 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 to find the next Jesus, the next person who wants to be uh, a winemaker like, like he was. Uh, as as Mexican descent to Latinx winemaker, um, what does it mean to you to see now you have your bottle? What does it mean to you, for you to see your name on a bottle and to see uh, the people you're helping uh, with through Ivoy uh, yes. kind of taking their next steps? Um, well, not for myself. It's um, it's a, a dream that became a becomes a reality uh, now, and um, I am in contact for my own personal brand. Uh, this is definitely a long time dream. Um, I have been very lucky, and again, I realize this now as I get older, where I grew up as far as um, the, the strong family ties within the business, mm -hmm. where there are some out here living in, in the area and actually connected as students through Aivoy. Uh, one, one specific student lives in Lafayette, I, I definitely plan to mentor him um, and even show him in general uh, my expenses for, for my company and, and um, provide him tips on maybe uh, some expenses that I shouldn't have along the way. Um, so hopefully my long dreams uh, can be of, of others as well mm -hmm. uh, that I can help along the way uh, for them to establish their own brand. Um, to be the next uh, Latinx uh, wine business owner or, or winemaker uh, or starting out a vineyard management company or buying land to develop a vineyard. Um, as far as just seeing all the years that my grandfather uh, struggled as far as the, the physical pain he had, like multiple knee surgeries out in the vineyard. Um, you know, with, with Aivoy, it's, it's not as far as educating a vineyard steward for them to step away from, the, uh, from work mm -hmm. out in the vineyard. It's more to find students that have the passion where they do want to educate themselves within the field they're in. And from there, it might spark interest where they want to transition uh, into cellar and production mm -hmm. and show them the options of education out here, uh, which they, they are. They exist in Chemeketa mm -hmm. and in Corvallis as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, my, my goals are to just pass on my knowledge to others to help them out. Mm -hmm. So your, your, your first wine, you, it's 
going into bottle soon. Uh, what what's uh, what's the future look like for for yourself and and for your wine label? No, of what, course. What, what, do you, what do you want to see the next five ten years? No, of course, I definitely have that in the, in the business plan. So. Um, uh, Certain vintages I plan to make uh, single vineyard wines. Uh, these will be single varietals as well. Uh, and this is uh, just for my travels in, in Europe, where as far as uh, learning uh, what thrives best in certain areas and, and the terroir in general that, that I learn in France. Um, but I'm also gonna come up with other really fun wines and that's gonna reflect on what the vintage brings as well, where um, it may not be an option to actually have a dry wine that's gonna age for two years. If I feel that that varietal, where the outcome is not gonna be what, what traditionally the varietal is about. Mm -hmm. um, I do have a chance to buy Syrah this year. I have, an, I have an option to not buy it all the way through August. Uh, we are having a very, we had a very cold spring uh, that is continuing through summer. Uh, that's why I mentioned the three-way Tempranillo as far as making a rosé mm -hmm. in a carbonic style. Mm -hmm. uh, because again, the challenges that every vintage throws to you. But what I will show you later at the end will be the branding and the label itself what I will be making for single vineyard wines, and they are going to be sold strictly through my mailing list. Mm -hmm. um, just throw numbers out for you. Um, the actual one that I'm going to show you, uh, I'm, I am bottling my first commercial wines in general, but one wine I will show you is a single vineyard, mm -hmm. which um, again, it's only going to be made on specific vintages. I feel for the branding that I'm for my company and how I'm gonna be selling in mailing list, um, I feel it has to be the best uh, as far as the, the vintage and the fruit source out here in Oregon. Mm -hmm. I am looking at sources out in Milton Freewater for Syrah as well. But yeah, I look forward to showing you the, what's gonna be labeled uh, first next week here. Mm -hmm. Give you a glimpse of Parra Wineco as a single vineyard wine. You talked a couple times. Obviously, we're in June 2020, where we're dealing still with COVID-19, and and uh, things are slowly reopening. But we're obviously dealing with a lot of challenges still. So tell me, uh, just try to get your brand off the ground during this. You mentioned some changes. Uh, what has changed, and and uh, what are you? What have you can maybe rethought about uh, for yourself? No, of course. So um, what has changed is I. What has changed is I saved a certain X amount of cases that I was gonna sell here directly in Oregon. Half of it is sold with my uh, clients in California. But the other half, I've been in touch uh, over time uh, with, uh, with hotels in Portland or out on the coast. I've also reached out to uh, certain museums. Uh, I, I wanna stay away from the wine festivals. Um, I have attended very few, but just as far as what I've heard at certain festivals being um, more of a party scene where um, how COVID has affected me is I, I am not gonna be uh, doing pourings now, uh, mainly in Portland or along the way on the coast. Mm -hmm. So uh, now what has changed is more 
not knowing uh, certain connections that I made out here in Oregon as far as the history that I have with my mailing list members in California. Mm -hmm. But what's going to take place uh, here uh, right now in Oregon uh, with COVID is more specialized tastings um, as far as Zoom. But not only that, but also the old fashioned way of picking up the phone to the connections that you have and just making a very clear direct call of direct marketing. Uh, I've had a chance to meet uh, many great Latino professionals through the Latino Business Alliance in Salem, through uh, Hispanic pros in Portland. So um, when I first moved to Oregon, I was out networking often uh, through, through the metro, through the Portland uh, metro area. So um, you will be getting a call from me soon. <laughs> Good to know. Good yes. To know. <laughs> and uh, what comes for the future, uh, Rich? Um, I know even with my growth, uh, for me, the next goal is I have to set up shop really fast. Mm -hmm. Anyways, those are my plans. Awesome. Um, tell me about your, your, your you've, you've been familiar with Oregon for a while, but you're fairly new to the industry here. Um, what do you see the Oregon wine industry looking like as you look ahead for the next decade? No, of course. Um, I see... Oh, man. Uh, what I see for the future in Oregon uh, is many more brands out there starting out. Uh, even with COVID taking place, uh, I feel that there's a lot of young individuals starting out in the industry where they're passionate about the industry and they have goals. And I feel with hopefully my story uh, that inspires them to just pursue what, uh, what makes them happy uh, and what they want to pursue in life. Um, so yeah, I see a, a growth out here happening in Oregon. Uh, this is a bump in the road as far as COVID, but also a combination of there's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, uh, there's a glut of wine out there through the West Coast in general, through Washington, uh, California, where this is an opportunity for a lot of young entrepreneurs that want to get into this industry. Um, I want to say, if you've been in a, in a field, if you've been in a trade, and especially in sales where you already have a base clientele that want to support you, um, pursue your goals and dreams. Uh, this, this can happen in Oregon uh, fairly easy, Rich. We are in a community where there's a lot of great people out there mm -hmm. that want to help others out. I'm about to make a move and I feel rich. You're going to show them either a video or a picture, but uh, this year I'm moving to uh, Groschau Cellars. Uh, John Groschau, uh, thank you so much. Um, I've been part of his labor team for three years. I believe, you know, you had an interview with uh, Jared Pierce as well. And it's going to be a great group of individuals at this co-op. Um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to harvest of 2020. It's going to be really good times. Excellent. That's all the questions that I have for you, Sam. Is there anything I didn't ask that I should have? Anything we didn't cover today that we should have covered? Um, no. Awesome. 
No. I'm... Well, thank you so much for your time. It's always good to see you and talk to you, and congratulations Likewise. on your initial bottling next week. Likewise. Thank you so much for meeting me here this, this morning. Yeah. Uh, the, the secret location here secret, in Amity. Secret unknown location, exactly. <laughs> Thanks so much. We'll let you off the hook, Sam. Yes.